Okay, every year people ask me what they should get their swimmer for Christmas, and I always tell them the same thing. Get a pair of drag socks made by Aquavolo. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for any swimmer. Honestly, there's no simpler training tool to build power in the water than a pair of drag socks. Go to aquavolo.com and use the code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout and save 10%. The offer's good only through November, so order now. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com. Superior Swim Timing. Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop. SST is fully compatible with high-tech, Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. SuperiorSwimTiming.com Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Hey, we're on Grant House. What's up, buddy? Not much. Just uh, just woke up from my nap. Just getting ready for afternoon practice, and glad to be here. The nap, man. Well, um, I don't know when this podcast is going to drop, but you're just coming off a massive weekend of swimming and racing. Congrats on that. Thank you, thank you. It was uh, quite a surreal meet for us, and uh, really glad that uh, ASU is kind of starting to take the turn the corner for sure. So talk to me about this. So the, I mean, you guys were out last year. I mean, the decision was to kind of sit out the COVID year. It was a little bit controversial. I thought more people would follow. They really didn't. Um, just start with that then. How did how did you feel about the situation last year? Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite interesting, quite unique, quite surreal. Um, but it was uh, definitely, I think, the best decision in, in the moment. You know, like even Texas, they had their meet in December because – effectively everyone in the NCAA, no matter who says what, didn't know if the NCAA championship was actually going to happen until probably February, um, maybe at the end of January. But even all the guys on Texas, um, I mean, they had their meet because they didn't know if the NCAA was championship was even going to happen in March. So I think with so much unknown and with all the travel implications and aspects, university to university, it just would have made it near 
almost a, a near impossible task to make sure everyone's safe, everyone's healthy, and everyone stays on the training a a training program because I'm sure dozens of people had several different ones last year given everything that was going on. But I think it was the best decision. I know our team needed the year really to to grow and improve, and I think that's uh, amplified now, um, kind of the long term bet um, for the short term sacrifice, if you may. Yeah, it kind of feels that way now after watching the results from the weekend. It's like ASU just exploded. It's like oh, we're back, you know. So that's <laughs> that's cool. But during the time, um, you know, were, were there were there doubts? Was there you know concerns? I mean, you you do see that all of a sudden they're having the conference championships. They're going to have the NCAs. Is it kind of like, damn, I wish we kind of had at that point in time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for almost everyone on the team, I, I think that's just kind of the itch to go fast though across the country. You know, you see the invites start popping off. You see the invites from last week. You see the invites a day before your, your meet. And even just every year for the conference, like conference championships, like the PAC 12 uh, conference goes last typically the men at least. And, you know, seeing SECs, it's like, Oh man, I want to race now. It's like, okay, well you got to wait two weeks. And then big tens, ACCs, I want to race now. And it's just the same principle. It's just a lot more removed from that. But I think everyone, everyone was definitely getting the itch. And we had plenty of opportunities to race at ASU at Mona Plummer. Um, but those were obviously like more unofficial. Um, we had a couple sanctioned times, but, you know, it was just our timing system on touch pads and stuff like that, that mm. we saw the results, fortunately, and we knew, and that was really beneficial for us. Um, but it didn't, really make any make any headlines obviously or no one else knew it was just kind of us so it was kind of like a weird spot but that at least um satisfied some desire craving to you know need to go fast or missing it but yeah it's definitely around those times championship march like hey we we want to show what we can do we want to show what we've been doing because the year before um whenever when covid kind of came onto the scene and to and earlier that year um i was in my waiver year for the olympics but the guys and the girls on the team were quite frankly just popping off. I mean, putting posting times, uh, top three relays in the country, um, new team records, and just having a really strong showing of Pac 12s, especially on the men's side. And uh, we had a couple of women qualifying in the top 10 as well individually. Uh, and so that was really when I was like the most excited to see them doing so well with so many missing pieces that I knew that we had waiting in the wings. Um, at that point and, and looking towards the future, but to know that the guys were hitting on all cylinders so, so well at pac 12s I was really excited to see what ASU could show everyone, um, uh, at NCAAs in, uh, 2020, um, and then kind of had mm. NCAAs pulled out from everyone then. I was going to say that like you, in, in terms of the, the training cycle and the mentality behind it, it wasn't just we're going to train for a year then. It wasn't just like a block of work. You guys actually did have some time to put some suits on and get some racing in because it, it really did go under the radar. I didn't, I didn't see anything on it. You guys did an amazing job of keeping it quiet if that was the case. Yeah, yeah, kind of working in the shadows, if you may. I think that's uh, that's one of like uh, Herbie Bain, uh, one of our coach here, and Coach Bowman's um biggest like sentiments is just doing our work like we don't need the we don't need the credit we don't need all the headline the old like all the razzle dazzle with it and uh just knowing that we're trusting what we're doing and, and doing it well especially mm -hmm. and we have the people here that know what caliber and know what level of excellence needs to be ensued 
and kind of keeping that on the day-to-day commitment. But I mean, in the fall, we had one meet that was, I think, sanctioned to get some people, some Olympic trial cuts, um, and then also swam like some short course times to know where people were at. And then we went to, we had a sectionals meet out here at, um, it was like satellite sites. And then at Phoenix Swim Club at night, um, that was short course. That was kind of our short course opportunity to see where everyone was at at that point. Um, but in the fall, we made the, I, the coaches made the decision to every Friday afternoon, this was like one of my favorite things. We, uh, we suited up and raced every Friday afternoon for about, I think about four or five or six weeks straight. Mm. Um, and then like, I think two of the weeks were just kind of how the pool was set. And then for four or five of the weeks, it was like meat format, touch pads, everything in, and just going through like every week, the pack 12 lineup. So like first day, the relay and the medley, the second day, five free, two IM 50 free, like so on and so forth. Some one time we did some skins, we did some, some similar pattern to like ISL, um, but just every Friday afternoon, just keeping us in the racing mentality, keeping us, keeping us in a racing cycle and then getting to winter training, get that block and coming out of it, going to sectionals and then um, ultimately always preparing for Olympic trials in the last year. Cool. I want to, I want to get into that for sure. Um, but I want to just jump back maybe the year before that. Um, so this is kind of the, the, the red shirt year for everybody, but you had kind of had a red shirt year before this. Were you dealing with some mental health issues then? Is that what was going on? Um, not as much for – not the primary aspect for me. Okay. Um, but I just felt like I really wanted to zero in on training for 2020, my ultimate goals and aspirations. But it was definitely – after 19, it was definitely a hard spot. Okay. So, so what do you mean? I mean, I know you and I had talked about the fact that you had – some issues with with your mental health and you, and you mentioned a hard spot. So like what, what exactly were you going through? Do you want to share any of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it really started for me in like 2016 after Olympic trials when I did pretty, pretty uh, amazingly horrible. <laughs> um, and it was really like my first, one of my first bigger meets um, I'd say outside of 2015 and junior world championships um, that I really didn't succeed on a, mm-hmm. on a really big stage. Um, and I never really like took the time to like dive into it. I just kind of like, okay, well, I, I need to take a step back and then I'll come back better. Um, and then so fast forward a couple more years, um, it, it kind of caught up to me, kind of lingered around with me. You know, we had my freshman year NCAAs wasn't that great. Um, sophomore year was a little bit worse. Um, not that great for our team again. And then I had a pretty breakout year that freshman summer to qualify me for the Pan American games and the world university games. Mm -hmm. And uh, that summer we had pretty intensive training up at uh, the Olympic training center for about two stints of like, I think a total of like 45 days. And I did my whole training cycle for, I think it was world university games first left, came back, um, was in Tempe for like maybe one or two days and then went back to the, the Olympic training center and then went to Pan American games after that for another travel international meet. And so it was just like kind of this constant, like high caliber performance for like, it just felt like 60 or 70 days with everything. Um, and I think that just took its like toll on me. I know I had, I had had calls where I was just like kind of at my breaking point for so long, I think of like physical and like mental durability. I know I called my brother, Kyle, like 
three or four times over that time, like crying. Like I was like, dude, I, I don't think I have this in me. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not normally like broken down like this. I just hadn't really experienced uh, like an intensity that high thus far in my, in my career, in my life. And it was definitely taking its toll and um, definitely had to take some time. And, you know, I was, I went to Pan American games and world university games and I succeeded ultimately. But I think what stood out to me was I still felt like I was, I was failing. Like I, mission accomplished for world university games and getting a gold medal and you know i saw one of my friends and uh and role model for me like zach apple like lighted up in the meet and i think selfishly i was like well i know there's a higher level that i can be operating at why am i not and Mm. you know that's just where he was at his development and it wasn't that point for me and i think at the time i didn't recognize that as much but I was definitely like, yeah, I'm just like failing. I didn't look at the success or the, the uh, successes that were happening, you know, like a gold medal representing America or so like two silver medals representing America, the Pan American games and a uh, finals opportunity and individually um, for the first time internationally. Um, so I wasn't acknowledging and um, really focusing on those, but rather like, oh, I didn't perform to what I wanted or what right. I thought or all these expectations. And I kind of took a step back. I was like, wow, like I need to kind of reevaluate some things and why I'm, why I'm doing this. How did it manifest in you? Was it, was it just severe exhaustion? Was it depression? Um, Did you have to then seek counseling and medication or anything like that? Yeah, no, uh, never any medication. Um, I think uh, for me, it was uh, seeking counseling. I had Mm -hmm. uh, some school sports psychs here um, at ASU, phenomenal work. Um, I dove into, a, um, a company called Ristoic. Um, I started looking into them. I know Tom Shields and Olivia Smaliga. Um, they have connections with that company as well. And so I started kind of like, oh, I was like, well, if they've had success with that, I started um, tabling in it too and really enjoyed a lot. Something like kind of like a pocket little um, mental, mental practices, mental exercises you can do and really got a lot of benefit out of that in combination with the uh, sports psychologist I was working with here at ASU. And it, it was kind of funny. I, I went there, obviously it was like, okay, I got to get everything with my sport going back on track. And I think we spent like the first 10 minutes talking about swimming. And then I like every, everything after that was just kind of grasping everything else going on in my life. Like how I handle myself, how I talk to myself, how I engage with things, mm. how I'm appreciative, grateful, what I acknowledge in my day journaling. I think I hadn't been journaling ever really until I started seeing a counselor and um and from then on like i've I've, I've done it almost every day um I, I it's a huge practice of mine like this leading up into trials one of the main staples that i would do with uh that i worked out with my coach like herbie bame was you know like wake up journal like read some philosophy read a book and just like don't engage with my phone don't engage with anything else other than like mm-hmm. what calms down what centers grand house and that's been like huge every day mm-hmm. olympic trials every day we did a test set um i mean i did it every day at a travel meet this this past week it just helps me align my focuses for the day and bring attention to what i want to accomplish and to help those around me the most i can each day man it seems like there's not a person on earth that really hasn't been affected negatively by this phone thing you know like it's just like this thing follows you everywhere doesn't it it's just like even even while i'm talking to you this thing is buzzing right now and it's like it's the first thing you pick up it's the last thing you look at um you know uh, we 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 talk about steve jobs and how 
you know, fascinating how incredible he was. But I also think there was certainly a negative effect that some of this technology has had on all of us. But it seems like as well on the athletic side is that you can't get away from it because now you're, you know, everybody's connected to everybody. So now you've got everybody's opinions in your head. Now you've got everybody's thoughts and values in terms of what what they think about you kind of reflecting back onto you. Is that stuff you were taking in as well? And and not only that is like you talk about Zach Apple and the success he's had, that's in your face as well. So it's kind of like you see other people around you supposedly having fun and being successful, and then your reflection of yourself is like I suck, I'm not doing well, and so it's like this double negative kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like I think almost a compounding aspect. It's uh, you know I, I I see a lot like two adages like you only see the best on like social media or social platforms and you never see what's real. Um, and I try to be like transparent on mine as I can on a lot, but even like when I'm putting stuff up, like sometimes it's just like, is this, did this include everything? And I don't think anyone can ever say, yeah. Um, cause I don't think, I don't know. It's just, it's just an aspect of it, but yeah, it is, it is interesting. Like you see all the, all the good, all the success, the success typically of it. Um, and you don't always see what the struggle is or the hardships of it until like it's kind of someone talks about it and is uh, rather like brutally, I mean, brutally or mm. just sincerely honest, um, mm-hmm. with what they're, with what they're doing. And I think a lot of people, when they see that honesty will like label it or judge it sometimes. And rather than just simply accepting it. Um, but I think for me, like a couple of big things is like, uh, when I have morning practice, I don't look at my phone at all before. Um, I don't, I, I turn on airplane mode at night, like an hour before I go to bed. So I don't receive anything. And then I also just don't turn off airplane mode until after my practice. So sometimes mm. that's after our 6am. And then on Tuesday, Thursdays is like one of my favorite days where I, we have it at like 10 and I wake up at like 745 and I have like an hour and an hour and 15 minutes until I like start to go to practice to read um journal and just like be by myself in my apartment just kind of collecting my thoughts yeah and that's just that's just not you talking there because i've had trouble kind of connecting with you uh, even just to get on the podcast here you you would answer me at random times kind of thing and and so it's obvious that you just have a section of time where you pick up your phone and you answer things and then you put it away so i mean and, and the other thing is the reason why we're talking too is because i've noticed you on social media and you tend to be a lot more honest than most athletes out there. You're okay to talk about when you're having a great day and you're okay to talk about when you're having a bad day. And I kind of like that, man. Like it's, it's refreshing and um, it's real. Like I, I look at you as like a real person, you know, on social media and I'm like, that's cool. I can connect with that kid, you know? I appreciate that. And I, I think that's important. I think transparent transparency is so vital, so vital in communication. Like, if someone doesn't know that like they can empathize with you or you can empathize with them, that's, that's a huge barrier, huge blocker. I think that I, I felt with people, um, but just like an acceptance of like, dude, I'm, I'm no like perfect, perfect textbook or perfect mm-hmm. picture here myself. So like, who am I to judge? And I haven't mm-hmm. always felt like that. Like um, when I was kind of struggling, like at the end of the 2019 summer, like two, that's really when I started like diving into all this and like through all the, the quarantine phase of like 2020 and every like closure and all that stuff, like really had time to just, there wasn't anything else to do. Like we didn't swim for four. I didn't touch water for 14 weeks at one point. And what else? Like I just had time to work on myself. And so it's really important. I think to take that time. Cause 
if you can't be the best version of yourself, then you can't get the best version of yourself for others around you. And that's what really the waiver year for the Olympics and then the red shirt year allowed me to learn and see and kind of watch the team from afar, especially from like a third person lens and uh, really examine like the inner workings of seeing a team function organically in an environment in different environments and to see how things kind of happen on their own with or without you um, was pretty powerful and profound for me. But taking that time for yourself is, is so huge. And I think people just see it as being selfish, but selfish doesn't always, nor should it like always be a negative connotation. It should just be a simple fact and a, a simple necessity that people need to have in their lives. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, kind of this summer then, you know, uh, the Olympics took place. How did you feel about your preparation and, and your performances at the trials? Yeah, I was, uh, I was pretty pleased with uh, my performance at trials. You know, obviously the end all be all goal of making the team wasn't accomplished, but I was pretty happy with it. I, uh, you know, given everything and, and not, again, this is one of the things where just not people don't know in 2019, um, coinciding with the waiver year actually uh, completely fractured two ribs um, and went to us open with the two fractured ribs and swam pretty poorly. And then in January, we decided to change my training. I started training with uh, coach Herbie Bame here and in more kind of like a sprint hybrid, different training model and style than I'd ever done before. Um, started seeing success at Des Moines and leading into trials. Then they got canceled. And then when I came back in the fall, we definitely started kind of picking up right where we left off there. Um, but for that whole time, I was kind of dealing with like this lingering rib issue um, and leading into trials about 14 day, about a week, week or 10 days after Indianapolis, when we had a really good final like preparatory phase um, of competition at Indy in the pro series, um, I couldn't actually swim any of the strokes other than breathing, breathing to my right freestyle probably doing no more than a 50 or 25 about i'd say like 10 days to a week out from the meet where i had to do like an im or a 200 freestyle or 100 freestyle um so at that point i was i was relatively like kind of freaking out i will be honest um because i i don't just something happened in the in a training session one day and just like re-aggravated everything in, in my mm. rib rib pain um for whatever reason but uh you know kudos to Coach, uh, Coach Herbie, he kind of kept me in check, just kind of shut things down for like two days. He's like, all right, like we're in a resting phase anyway. So mm -hmm. more rest isn't, uh, isn't going to hurt us at this point, at least for a big guy like me too. And I take a lot of pride in like the work ethic and the work I put in the body of work that I put in earlier before any of like the taper phases. So, you know, I don't, I don't think more rest is ever going to hurt any athlete, uh, really, especially like sleeping rest if you're doing that properly. But yeah, leading into trials, I was I was in a good headspace, great spot, um, emotionally, mentally, physically, um, and you know throughout trials, I think Herbie and I both talked about it. You know, there's a lot of curveballs for my experience at trials, which was pretty unique. Um, but I mentally, emotionally, like we said, like I think we hand I handled it as best as anyone could, or as definitely the best that I could, which is most important, um, and and handle any of these like audibles or paid Manning Omaha calls that we kind of got <laughs> along the, along the way. So it was uh, definitely an up and down roller coaster, but all the work with like journaling, the philosophy, stoicism studies I've been like doing and look into and read and the books I choose. Um, 
really kept me on like a baseline and really kept me like even keel throughout all these ups and downs of the week. So, cause I think I was, I caught, I kind of called it like odd man out syndrome. I was ninth, ninth, 17th, and then like 17th again. So mm. it was, uh, it was kind of like, well, all right, I guess we're in the spot again. <laughs> yeah. That's frustrating, but you know, it, it just goes that way sometimes, but, um, you know, uh, you're in a program with Bob Bowman, and obviously he's going to be talked about a lot. But uh, Herbie is actually an incredible coach and 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 doing good things. He's on Twitter and he he puts out some great stuff on Twitter, man. I love his stuff. Um, really good stuff. So to talk to me about Herbie a little bit. Give him a little love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Herbie deserves a lot of love. I mean, he is uh, he's a mastermind with what he does. Um, he is just so so in depth with physiology and psychology of like the just human performance and really just kind of evolving the sport. Like I I really think, you know, he's been here for three years, I I think now um, starting my sophomore year, I believe. And I didn't really have much interaction with him other than just like seeing, seeing him do his thing in the, in the back pool or on the side. um, Cause I was with coach Bowman. And uh, but he's been really revolutionary and like helping me find a, a bigger passion in, in this sport again. Um, I think around that time that we talked about earlier, I was really struggling with like enjoying enjoying the sport and enjoying like being here. And that was really frustrating and confusing for me. But he kind of really helped me realign my my passion and my vision of like, you know, enjoying the process, enjoying the smallest improvements. Like, I don't think I've ever been more excited about like a hundredth um, best time or like a hundredth improvement in practice than when I started working with him. Cause that's like really what he emphasizes is just like the smallest technical details of breaking down a 25, getting better at that, doing a ton of those, then doing more fifties, then getting really good at those, then breaking that down, then bumping it up again. Like just always changing the variety, always changing the intensity and doing it in just a much different way of attacking our sport by, I think track does a good job of it, but swimming really doesn't at all, but training for what you're going to be required to do Mm -hmm. um, at your highest performing level, instead of just doing like, I think there might be a time and a place for it, but just instead of doing like 10 K every session or just Mm -hmm. two hours of like, Oh, we got two hour time slot on practice. We're going to swim for two hours. Just, Mm -hmm. just cause, but it's, it's Herbie, Herbie designates specific work specifically for what you're going to do. Like if you're, not swimming a 400 IM, like you're not going to do 400 IM work. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's designated for me. I know when he gives out practices, it's like, okay, Grant plus maybe one other, but typically I have my own thing. And then Carter, Ethan Law, Cody Bybee here, John Heafy, Elijah here, breaststroke, like mm-hmm. diff, like three or four different workouts, almost everything. And I, I'm blown away by that. Like that's, that is like, incredible for me to see and have see success like all those people had success with the meet this week and have had success before and to like juggle all that um maybe it's easier in his head but as an athlete like watching it just is impeccable it's incredible rather than like a one-size-fits-all and he really uh he really takes time to like have a personal connection with his swimmers and athletes and to know them and to know how they're responding and to take into consideration what they're doing so I think he's one of the most revolutionary coaches in in sport, but obviously I only see it in swimming right now, and that's my realm. But I think he will be one of the predominant coaches in years years to come in this sport, and he is just a 
an absolute undercover 100 right now for sure well the Cubs are going to pull back you just you just pulled him back man so um, I guess so I guess nah, so. look he's he's awesome I actually recruited him at Auburn I, I did a home visit and uh he rejected me so I, I, did, <laughs> I, I never got the coach Harvey but I wish I had of um but no uh he seems like he's doing great stuff and it's good to hear that the you know the the sports evolving through young innovative you know intelligent coaches you know it's like a lot of the times like uh I'll, I'll interview somebody who comes from a background of like why have we been doing this for 30 years like isn't there something else like can't we can we move forward here and to actually hear about a coach that's thinking that way too and implementing it and then swimmers connecting with it and then having results from it it's like there are other ways to do do it you know there's smarter ways there's better ways so good to hear um herbie's out there doing his thing are you with him every workout uh, yeah, I, I am now. Uh, it wasn't like that at the beginning. Um, it was kind of, I was Bob. Then, uh, we got to a point where I was like, you're going to be with Herbie. I was pretty shocked. And then in when was that? When did that happen? 2020 January. Um, okay. I swam at the pro series of Tennessee did rather not too great. Um, and then Bob was just like, we got to make a change. And so right. that was the change. Get start getting faster. So I'm really fat, pretty fast for me at Des Moines. Cool. Um, and then we had a couple months there. And then when we came back, we were like, it was working. So let's stay there. And then there was some mix and match uh, around Christmas training, like December month. And then around March leading into trials this summer, um, I would kind of do like two sessions with Bob, longer sessions. Um, but then they decided that this year that I'm just solely with Herbie right now. Well, good for Bob and making that decision too as the head coach. It's, it takes a lot too, you know. So that's awesome to hear that he's entrusting his assistants fully with some of his best talent. So yeah, I mean, some the the other guys in the group are like phenomenal athletes. I mean, it's 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 a battle every day. Like I'm definitely better mm -hmm. because of them, and um, it's really neat to see like Bob's group of guys do so well, and Herbie's guys uh, group of guys do so well, and like Coach Herka, um, Logan Herka, like his distance guys do their thing too at the meet and it's not just like all oh, one person has to have like the power with with this right you know that definitely i i commend i don't know if i would be able to be able to be the same like i commend bob a lot for like being like we got to try something new especially like mm. five months out from like olympic trials like that shocked me i was a little un uneasy i had to talk with like both of them like mm. they had to help me kind of just like like okay just trust us and it was like oh when you put it that way it's like yeah i trust both of you so why wouldn't i trust this process Perfect. Good stuff, man. I'd love to hear that. Um, well, talk to me about this weekend then. I mean, you lit it up. Again, I, I was on Twitter and your name was just popping off left and right. I'm like, Grant is tearing it up. <laughs> well, what happened out there, man? Yeah, I mean, I knew I was going to be on the podcast, so I just had to, uh, <laughs> I had to make sure I had a good reputation leading into it. <laughs> um, but but no, it was it was an exciting week. I mean, we uh, my, my group prepared pretty, pretty well for this meet. Um, I knew based on the training, like the caliber of training, I was I was due for for a pretty good meet. I don't think I expected to do as well as I did. Um, I've never really had like a extremely like big sprint meet like this before, um, so it was pretty exciting for me. I'm a big big relay guy um, above like anything else. Like I'm always like swimming for a larger cause, always like competing for my team or my teammates around me. Like has always just excited me more throughout my whole life. Always like invigorated me more with more passion um since high school especially club and uh 
and I just wanted to be on all the relays. I think I took Herbie aside and talked to him about it like two weeks before. And I was like, I, I feel like I can do the most and I can do the best on being on every relay for the team. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of point blank, whatever that means implication wise on individual events. I don't really care um, what happens. Like I'll do my, I'll do my part. I'll get it done individually. But I really think like a relay is where I can thrive the most. And um, it was a great meet. I mean, it was definitely the best meet. I think ASU's ever had since I've been here. I've ever mm. seen from ASU. Um, I know in like the 80s or the 90s, like there were some um, exciting things that the program was doing, but haven't seen that since. But definitely in my mind, the best meet this program's ever done. And just e- exciting from the first day. I mean, going into finals, like the 200 IM the first day, knowing we had the top three finalists, um, going one, two, three in that with Leon and David Schleck. Um, and then Jack Dolan winning the 50. Uh, freestyle that night too we we won four out of the five events that mm-hmm. night um and i think the only event we didn't win was uh the four medley and that was because nc state have a phenomenal leadoff leg um and then i had like a little i honestly i had like a slower exchange on my part too and i think just having those two aspects um are hard to overcome but superficial on the grand scheme of things of like accomplishing what our team can accomplish. Um, but we never, we typically don't have a great first day. Like for whatever reason, we just haven't been able to click on all cylinders going into it. And when it was happening, I was just like, what is like, this is, this is insane. This is mm. great. Like if we're, if we're attacking and we're hitting the marks, firing all, all the cylinders on day one, like I kind of just, I kind of, I guess made a bold assumption, but like in my mind, I was like, this week's going to be good. Like this mm. week's going to be something special. I don't, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but it's, it's definitely starting off on a, a significantly better foot than I've ever seen before. And a much more exciting point to see the team on the side of the pool, like a static electric cheering the whole time. I, I don't think I've, I've visibly seen like uh, Bob, like it displays as much like energy and emotion as that. <laughs> I'm sure he does like putting pours, pouring so much into practices and the training and, and consideration concern for all the athletes. But, you know, you don't always see that from like the, the leaders or, or mm. the, the head coaches, especially, but like to see him like show that much passion, like with us there meant so much, especially with all the coaches too. like, just to see how much care and like emotion they were letting out was honestly like very motivational for me. I'm just, uh, I just uh, took a photo of you while you were talking and sent it to Bob, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> He'll love it. Um, you, you were just, you were, you were talking about him. So I'm like, I sent him a photo. That's cool. Um, that's awesome, man. So, well, tell me about this, this kid, uh, this freshman, I am a, who the, who the hell is this? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Leon, our little, our little, my little French friend. Uh, French, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's been awesome. You know, I, I didn't know uh didn't know much about Leon before he uh before he came here, started popping off on the Duolingo um French app to try to get some try to get some work in, some vocabulary work in there so I could at least uh help out somewhere and, and easing the communication barrier on my end of things. Um Bob's actually like pretty fluent in French. Um so mm. it's kinda it's kinda cool to see them like interact um Sundays in practice and on that the deck. Cool. Um but yeah, I didn't know much about him other than he was just Phenomenal athlete, um, a good guy, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I once he got here, I was just like, I I want to befriend him. I, I hope he I hope he meet. I, there's nothing nothing ill will against it at all. I was just like, I know nothing about him, and since he's gotten here, you know, 
he's been nothing but um, nothing but welcoming, nothing but accepting, and only wanting to help the team. I think like you know, it's it's I didn't expect anything different, but sometimes like you you just get guys that are really good, um, and sometimes they're more to themselves, they're more like self oriented, and he's just like the exact opposite. He's just so friendly, so kind, um, so motivational. And it's just uh, really, uh, really awe-inspiring to see uh, like a higher caliber than I've ever attained. Being able to train with that daily, to be have him be younger than myself, um, and to be able to compete against that daily. Like I know he always asks me like how I do in practice, even though we're not in the same groups. And then when we get to come together on race day and kind of like see where we're at, is really motivational. Um, I know he always takes it seriously when we compete, and that uh, respect means a lot to me. And I give that as well. And um, he's very like empowering to how how good um, I guess he makes you feel about yourself. Um, like he'll ask about times, and um, he'll be pretty like very supportive or pretty shocked at some of the times he'll do in practice. Um, like I think a week before the meet, Ryan Held and I did a hundred IM um, suited against each other as like our last preparatory, my last preparatory thing before the meet. And um, I told him my time, and he was like, "Oh my God, you need to. Are you still? Are you swimming the 200 IM with the meet?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Good. I want you to. I want to race you." And um, he's like, "You're gonna be so fast." And I was like, "Thanks. Like that's that's awesome to hear." He's just been such a great energy. Obviously, time wise, yes, but beyond beyond that, the intangible aspects, he's just fit in seamlessly and only amplified the team. I love to hear that about the, the foreign athletes when they come in and just embrace the team culture and, and they thrive in it as well. I mean, that that was my experience coming in from Australia. Just like, what is this? I mean, I, I ate it up. I needed it. And so, um, but, but also it can be intimidating to some foreign athletes and they don't always connect with it, you know, and, and then they get homesick. So to hear of an athlete coming in and just thriving in that condition, I, I love it, man. It's awesome. So Yeah. On the, uh, on day two of the meet, we had the eight free relay and, he anchored our relay, which was pretty cool for me. I was waiting to be on like a relay with him. Um, and afterwards he, uh, he, I like looked up, like told him good job when we were warming down and he looked up at me and he's like, Oh my God, that was the most exciting event I've ever done. <laughs> and I was like, you know, they had the background, like this guy's gotten sixth at the Olympics. He's semifinal. Then like to hear that, like just in the environment with the crowd, like the mm. team, like the event, the significance of it, like, that was awesome to hear. Like that was, that was yeah. so cool. That like almost kind of like in a weird way, like moved me emotionally. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Like the, for this guy to say that, like yeah. that was very compelling for me of like, as someone who's tried been wanting to come here at ASU and not be the initiative of making this team as great as it could was really compelling to see one of the best athletes in the world say like that event, the relay for the team, like was one of the most important, like craziest events he's done. Awesome, man. And you know you got a good teammate when they start talking that way. So it's someone that's going to fight for you, you know. So yeah. Um, wait till he gets to NCAA's. Then if you felt that way, he's going to yeah. be in for a shock. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. That'd be awesome. Sounds like you guys have a team too. It's not just one or two swimmers now. Like it seems like you guys have a team that can contend. You know, where are you guys hoping to aim? You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, asking you to give me exacts, but it's like. You want to be top 10? You think that's realistic this year? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think the forefront of our mind is just is just win. Win as much as possible. Win in whatever way, whatever way we can, however, however it means necessary. Like, I, I think that's just, you know, if we just keep focusing on our process and what we can control and moving, like, day to day, 
then that's going to lead to the best outcome regardless of what anyone else does. You know, that was right. the biggest theme we had this week is just what have we been doing? We know where we need to control, like perform to your best abilities and go on with it. And like, yeah. that's just what we'll continue to do. But yeah, I mean, we want to score as high as we can um, score like our highest place in, and our team's history is sixth, I think. Um, so sc- scoring as high as that, um, trying to be better than that and yeah. just trying to be the, best version of our of our program as we can so that's you know sixth place is the current marker and then i don't know if we've ever won pack 12s but i guess second or if we've won then just meeting that marker too but you know um i think i met with one of the national champions that asu had like coincidentally like two weeks before a week before the meet um the invite um and he's from the 200 free and 200 i am as well i think his name was michael own Mm-hmm. And he uh, he said they got third at Pac-12s that year, and then got sixth at NCAA's, which is just a testament to how just stupid fast the conference is. Yeah, like, to only have three other teams outside your own conference beat you, um, but I think that's just it, it hasn't changed. Like that's that's still the thing. Like Cal's winning NCAA championships, Stanford's um, really in a good spot with Coach Schemmel, who's just been doing an amazing job out there. Um, but they're a really strong contender as well. USC, the times they put down at other invitational, um, very strong as well. So it's a it's a tight tight race in the conference. Yeah, for sure. That'll be that'll be a fun one. So that's it's heating up, man. The the NCA season's heating up. There was some times being blown out. I'd love to see it this weekend. So um, one of the other things that came up as I was doing a little research on you just popped up that you're in some uh, NCA lawsuit. Can you just touch on that for me? What's going on there? Yeah, it's, a, it's essentially for uh, name, image, and likeness for athletes. Um, and I was basically approached um, and just asked to be like kind of a representing voice of it, a, a kind of figure to it. <clears throat> and um, this case with, with athletes across the country, not just swimmers. And, you know, as an Olympic sport and a swimmer, I understand my spot um, and my place and, and kind of and my lane of what it is. But I think they just wanted to get some perspective on an Olympic athlete and you know, I have friends who are musically talented, artistically talented, like talented beyond all my imagination or comprehension outside of the sport. And the fact that they can't take advantage of it, I think is very limiting into their like human potential. Um, and just anyone else who has a, a wealth of ability in their and their talent and skill set within their sport. You know, I think swimming as a non-revenue sport, um, basically only having maybe one major revenue sport at your school, but uh, football and basketball being the two main ones, you know, they'll, they'll probably see significant benefit from it, but really it's just about empowering the athlete and, and giving them total autonomy of, of being able to use all their abilities and all their skills, all their talents that they have to offer to bring the table. Cause no one's just a basketball player. No one's just a swimmer. We're so much more than that. And I don't think people realize that. And I think this is a huge landscape to allow people to, to extend their avenues, extend their outlets and, and really, kind of shine like that and you know I, I, we were talking about it when the supreme court supports in favor of it unanimously nine to zero it's kind of like mm. well yeah like i think a lot of people see this as a really beneficial thing and so um yeah i was kind of approached and um they wanted my perspective on it and that's kind of how i got um with the uh the terminology there how many uh, other athletes are involved in this one i think uh right now there's um sedona prince she's a basketball player at oregon uh, on the women's basketball team. And then I think there's another football player. I'm not sure for when, but I just heard his name involved with it too. 
I think there's a couple of people like on petition too, like quite a few, a couple dozen, like dozens and hundred athletes with that, like support it. Um, but whether athletes like support it or not, like uh, they've made the decisions, the our governing body of the United States has like made the decisions on supporting it. So it's kind of just like, in my mind, it's kind of just like waiting until every formality is ironed out. But um, yeah. So when, are you, when are you getting a check from the NCAA? When's that coming uh, from? <laughs> for me, I don't know. Being a swimmer, I've all ever seen one because it's it, honestly, in my mind, it's not for me. Like it's, it's to help benefit all the other athletes. And like, yeah, like I can take, utilize some of the things that I have to offer. Like, um, I don't know, but like my, my talents, my abilities, but that's still within the realm of swimming. So it's unfortunately like not too much. I mean, if I was, I mean, being six, six, if I played basketball, like sure, that'd probably help me out a lot or football, but being a swimmer, like I know it's not going to benefit me exponentially, but it can in some ways here and there, but most importantly, like there are athletes out there that can be, you know, helping feed families, helping make their livings a lot better, extend their education um, time as well. You know, if like those, there are those players that are thinking about doing the one and done or like have to graduate in three years to get to the pros or start working their ways there. Like this provides another opportunity to continue their education and have like financial Mm -hmm. means to support them. And I don't feel like that's like really talked about enough. And that's something that I thought about pretty early on and was pretty, pretty passionate about. Like that was a pretty strong motivator for me as an option. I don't know if many people will take that, but it's an option now that people didn't have before. And I think that's important. So I don't know about a check that I'm going to be getting as a, as a <laughs> the college swimmer, but um, I, uh, I, I won't turn it if I get one. So turn away when, it, one. when is the final decision coming down on this lawsuit then? Um, it was originally going to be like 2020, like, like the, the suit itself, like, I think like two or three years and then the Supreme court, you know, like made their ruling and it was like, mm. okay, well, and then the NCAA made their calling on like July 1st. We're just like, yeah, we're just going to allow everything to happen now. And it was like, right. Whoa, what, like, what is going yeah. on? Like, yeah, it happened quick. I was like, what just happened? And all of a sudden people are signing things and yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And that's like the craziness of all, all of all of it. And that's why it's like, so kind of ambiguous as to when this is like going to be done. Because like mm-hmm. I, I said before, like the deed has been done, like it's been enacted. The Supreme court's ruled on it unanimously. Like I, in my, in my education of it, I don't know what else like can be done or there is to be done other than like formalities of just like, yeah, we're closing this case. Um, but that's what yeah. I mean, man. That's not I mean. Where's the check coming? It's like, all right, the case is closed. Let's pay him, move on. But, um, sounds like it, it sounds like it could be exciting for you anyway. But the impact of it, even still, is that you've you've signed with with a couple of brands, right? Like, you, you're, you're using well, they're using your image and likeness to kind of you know promote their products now. So, talk to me about a couple of the, the brands you're working with. Yeah, so some of like um, I'm wor- working with uh, one company like I for nutrition like Wyman's Fruits Company. I do a smoothie every day and like getting like products from them um, for like supplementation, like human um, beet powders, like huge for sports performance. There's a lot of like evidence and scientific data on that. Um, Restoic, um, I've actually partnered with them for mental health and like using their app and talking with the co-founder Ian Golberson there too. And just helping like create content for better athlete health and mental awareness on the athlete struggles. Um, so those are three that I'm pretty um, passionate about. Um, this I, I actually wear this like every day. It's my friend Jake Heidecker's um, company called Jelly House. So I always joke with him. I've always joked with him for a while. Like he brings the jelly and I'll bring the house. 
<laughs> and uh, it's just like kind of a match made. But I grew up with him in Indiana. We swam since we were eight eight years old together. He went to Purdue and swam, and then started his own film production company, and makes like some of the best quality and like most unique compilations of videos for like artists for events that I've really ever seen. And I reached out to him. I was like, can I like help you in any way, like grow your, your brand or whatever. And I was like, even if it's just like posting, like, I don't care what anything. And he's like, sure. And then we got on a call, like caught up for like an hour. And he's like, at the end, he was like, do you want anything from this? And I was like, not really. I just want to help you. And he's like, I'll, I started a clothing line. I'll send you some sweatshirts or whatever. So what's his name? uh, Jake Heidecker. Jake, I like sweatshirts, man. Come on, look at me. <laughs> I can. I got a podcast, Jake. I can. I can get some jelly sweatshirts. Yeah, just here. flash it up there, flashing the jelly. So exactly. just spread the love. But yeah, that them, them a couple other like nutritional bars for you know helping with fueling training. I have that like every morning, like Bobos or Atlas bars. So it just like it's just small things that kind of add up throughout the week. Like I have that had that this morning before practice, and then have it again before practice this afternoon, and then saves saves money along the way and promotes health well-being and um all of them are typically things that i stand for and support and that's the most important thing i think when you're creating an image or mm-hmm. partnering with anyone so i for mean sure. yep. yeah it's definitely a definitely an interesting field to kind of navigate and uh and learn learn from experience bef- through so there's been, been a lot of a uh, rejection that's for sure that's been kind of fun to fun to go through laugh about for sure I'm still looking for a major sponsor of my podcast, even though it's the number one podcast in the world. I'm still looking for a major sponsor. Anyone out there, come on. But I'm, yeah. I'm used to a little rejection. It's okay. We'll get there. Um, keep fighting, man. You're doing good stuff. Uh, is your favorite event the 200 free short course? My, that is a that is a common common thought. My favorite event is not actually the two free. It's it's definitely the 200 IM. Really? Um, Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I love the 200 IM. I think it's so fun. Um, 200 IM and 100 fly, actually. Um, What'd you go I, this weekend in the IM? Uh, 142.0, I think. I mean, that's solid, but you went 131 in the two free, didn't you? Yeah. That's a little bit more legit, you know, like you're 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 pressing on that, you know, you can be top three or four in the country with a time like that. That's that's moving, man. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think both of them are in a good spot, a good foundation to pivot from and, and uh, really accelerate off of this point in the season for the next three months of the body of work. But yeah, I mean... I think I think I'm becoming a better short course swimmer now, but I've definitely I think I just flow better with long course swimming. And I mean, I finished ninth straight up in the 200 IM. That was my highest placement. And then with scratches and stuff, I finished ninth in the 200 freestyle at trials. So, I mean, technically my highest national ranking I've I've had has been been the 2 IM. Um, but I mean, I had a world ranking of a couple like in 2018 in my two free, but yeah, I mean, I, I think half splitting hairs at that point. I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm kind of. I, I love the hundred butterfly, but we have so many good butterflyers now that it's not necessary for the team for me to swim that. But, um, I think I could rip something like, pretty, pretty good nationally for that too. Man, all it takes is one swim, and you become something that you always wanted to be. You drop a forty-four, so. man. You're going to be a hundred butterfly real quick. So. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was kind of thinking of that when I they uh, we were talking about the two hundred two hundred medley, and I I really want to be on all the relays. Maybe it's like a little mm. selfish, but I was like, I really think I can just I can just game on a relay, and uh, yeah. they're like, no, we'll save you for like the like the 200 you're gonna have three 200s that day with the four by two and that won't be happening at packs or ncaa's but for this meet and i was like just 
put me on it. Like the relays are time finals. Like if, if I'm not going to do it here, like, why are we training? Like, right. and so I left prelims. And I was like, Hey Bob, am I on the two medley? He's like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to worry about that tonight. And I was like, okay. And then like an hour later, he texts me. He's like, Hey, you're anchoring the, the two medley. And I was like, all right, awesome. And then that night I was like behind the relay. I was like, man, I'm like, I got to make this count. And I mm-hmm. uh, went my fastest split ever. Um, Did you drop what? 19 one. Uh, that was the two free. I went an eighteen six on the medley anchoring. Did you really eighteen six? Dang. So I was I was pretty stoked about that, and then the rest of the night just kind of followed like the one thirty one eight, and then an hour later on the relay one thirty one seven. That was pretty cool. I didn't know I went faster until after the event. Um, wow. But yeah, I was, uh, and then to anchor the relay on the last night, um, I was definitely like a little bittersweet that I went like a forty two zero flat start in the hundred earlier that night and wanted to just like herbie told me just gave me a green light season and he just said just go out as fast as you humanly can and see what mm-hmm. happens you're not going to die so um almost got to 40 point land um but just just a couple hundreds off on that too did so you really what'd you split um the split was a 41 41 0 41 so i was holy I was shit man, that's right moving there. That's legit thank moving. You. Thank you. It was it was pretty fun. It was pretty electric. I couldn't feel my uh couldn't feel my hands for the first fifty from like, like kind of like excitement. So um but yeah, it was it was a great atmosphere to to throw that down, compete against NC State and Stanford. And uh yeah, that was that was really fun. I was kinda had to laugh because in the two free relay I went like a nineteen one and then I flipped to my feet in a nineteen four and I <laughs> I couldn't tell you the difference of what happened because I took three more breaths in the in the four by one, but I guess that's just how the nature of the beast sometimes. I always tell people you want to do a good hundred, you got to attack, man. You got to attack. You have to. You know, it's you it's to. it's an all out fifty with breathing. That's what it is. It's yeah. all out, just all out fifty with breathing. It really <laughs> but, is. But it pays off, you know. Like it hurts, but it pays off. You you always swim fast. Yeah, I know. I got back after my hundred individual, and I we went two three four, which is pretty cool too. Um in the event but i came back i like touched and i was like man that was like a perfect race for me in this moment like i mm-hmm. feel like i executed everything we talked about changed everything dropped like eight tenths from this morning and i went back and everyone just kind of felt like that same way it was like uh, like it was good like good job best time but it was like more to be had and yep. bob was just like yeah you just got to go out faster and i thought i went out i was like so proud of how i like went out i thought in my head and they showed me the split and i was like okay that's that's kind of slow so on the relay, I was like, "All right, I'll just make sure I make sure I do what uh do what Bob said. Mm-hmm. Went out went out a second faster and went a second faster in my event." So awesome, yeah, I love that. That's that's awesome. It's just a way to do it, man. Just race hard. Um, and it's a good lesson for the next few months. You know, coming up in the lead up to NCAs is like keep that mentality. So sounds like you're in a good spot, man. Sounds like you're happy. You got a great team. Obviously, being well coached, it seems like things are clicking for you again. You're you're in the right place at the right time. So, uh, is it this is your senior year, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's it's my senior year at academically. Um, oh, so yeah. you ha- you have two more swim seasons? Yeah, like yeah. Th- this one and the next one. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. Are you gonna take yeah. both? Are you gonna do them both? Yeah, that's the plan. Old man, in the sea strategy out here. So I'll uh, I'll take this Dang. one and then the one after that too. I only see you. things getting better for this team. So I'd like to be a part of it and help uh, spearhead that that movement. It's good for you and good for ASU, man. Good stuff. Well, um, best luck to the team, man. Best luck to you this season. Be following. Um, keep doing what you're doing. It's good stuff. You know, super 
super positive, um, but also real. So keep being yourself, man. It's good. All right. Appreciate that. Thanks, Brett. All right, Grant. Take care, man. Later.